Mormonism 101, a book by Mormonism Research Ministries, Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson, has helped many who want to understand what separates Mormonism from the Christian faith. Mormonism 101 is available at your favorite Christian bookstore or online at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is a good friend of mine, Marv Cowan. Marv Cowan has been a missionary to the Mormon people, well, for as long as I can remember, Marv. I mean, as I was mentioning in an earlier show, you were certainly very instrumental in my early study of Mormonism. I was talking about your book, Mormon Claims Answered. It was revised in 1989. I noticed on Amazon.com, someone is selling this book for $38. Wow. <laughs> so... It's really gone up in value. You're still printing it. It's self self published yes, now. It okay, is. great. And uh, if I remember correctly, Utah Lighthouse Bookstore yeah, sells they, it. They sell Sander it. sells it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I should have remembered that. It's a book that had a big influence on my life in my early years of studying Mormonism. And folks, it's not a it's not a large book. It's very concise, but it gets right to the point. It hits all the pertinent information. In fact, you have a a blurb on the back by John Ankerberg. It says, citing almost exclusively from Mormon or secular sources, Marvin Cowan shows that one of Mormonism's most difficult problems rests in its own contradictory history. Even so, Cowan's style remains that of a friend rather than an antagonist, of the fellow truth seeker rather than combatant. It would be a shame for a Mormon not to read this book. It would be a worse shame if the non-Mormon did not follow Cowan's example of compassion and accuracy. That statement from John, I think, is it's something that I think all of us who are ministering to the Mormon people would hope for that kind of an accolade, because certainly our desire is to come across with compassion for the Mormon people. They are not our enemies. I don't know how many times I've said that when I speak across the country, and even outside of the country, that's one of the first ways many people will often view Mormons when they hear of the radical departure that its theology has from the Christian norm. And they tend to look at these young missionaries more as enemies rather than people who have been deceived by a lie and need to have the lie exposed. Mm-hmm. And and we've been talking about your conversion as a young man. You're You're a teenager. And you mentioned how your family's history goes back to the time of Brigham Young. Now, you weren't raised in Utah, though you spent many years ministering in Utah. But you you lived in Idaho for a long time. Idaho and Colorado. In Colorado. And, of course, both states have high LDS populations, especially Idaho. But let me ask you this, Marv, because this is a common event that I find in the lives of a lot of people who come out of Mormonism. Now, you're a young man in your teens. And you've been talking to some Christian friends of yours. And as you mentioned earlier, you were quite honest. And I guess you could look back and say, as a Mormon, you probably slipped up when you (laughs) said your goal in the next life was to become a God. And that naturally took your friends 
unaware and a little off guard, wondering where you got that. And you assumed at first it was in the Bible, which of course, what you were thinking was the Lorenzo Snow couplet, as man is God once was, as God is man may become. You thought that was in the Bible, Mm -hmm. but it caused you to start looking at what the Bible had to say, as well as the standard works of Mormonism, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, and of course, the King James. You're starting to have questions. How did your family respond? Dad was sort of noncommittal. I think he was thinking uh, through some of the stuff that I was kind of throwing out. (laughs) But my mom, who had been a convert to Mormonism because of Dad, really thought I was becoming too much of a zealot to push something. And I I said, I'm not pushing anything other than Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I was seeing. And but she thought I'd become a fanatic and that I needed to calm down a little bit. <laughs> she said, the Mormon people are nice people. And I said, I've never said they're not. Of course they are. <laughs> but Isn't that funny how they draw that kind of conclusion? Yeah. That because you disagree with them theologically, that somehow you're impugning their character. Yeah. And that's not what we're doing. No. We're merely no. disagreeing with the theology that they've the, been told. The theology, it concerned me because I began to see it's going to affect eternity. Um, I really began to see what the Bible was saying about uh, being prepared and so forth, you know, that uh, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And when you put your trust in a church, in all kinds of laws, ordinances, and commandments, and so forth, instead of in Christ, you're off base. One of the things that opened my eyes was reading Romans. Romans is not a good book that's supportive of Mormonism. Well, that's for sure. (laughs) In that third chapter where I I read uh, that the law, by the law, is the knowledge. uh, That's what calls us sinners because it points out that we're sinners. But uh, nobody is justified by the law. And all of that bugged me because... That's what I was counting on. I mm. was, uh, I was trying to keep every law I knew about, you know, and still I had that uh, uneasy feeling that I hadn't done enough. I really didn't find peace until after uh, the passages that um, through Jesus Christ we have peace with God. That's Romans five one. Paul said we conclude that man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law or apart from the deeds of the law. And I couldn't understand that. What's he talking about? Uh, Those are important. Um, The third article of faith, you know, uh, through the atonement of Christ, we can all have salvation by obedience to the laws and ordinance of the gospel, all all that kind of stuff. Anyway, kept reading through the New Testament, and when I got to 1 John 5, verses nine and following, uh, it really spoke to me. Verse nine says, if you can believe the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And then it goes on in verse 11. This is the record of the testimony that God has given to us eternal life. He's given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. And these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. And uh, I pondered all of that for quite a while, and then I I realized what it was saying, that um, 
life is in Christ, not in a church, not in the things that I've done, but in what he has done for me as my Savior. That's the reason he's called Savior. It's because he saves. You mm-hmm. know? And that had never even crossed my mind until I began to ponder some of those things that I, I was reading. And um, so I, I actually accepted Christ right at home uh, as I was reading the Bible. Um, I thought there must be more to it. I heard of people that were going forward in meetings and they were you know, praying through or they were doing something. Right. And all I did is say, Lord, that's what I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's amazing because you cite First John 5, and uh, the principal verses of those are 5, 11 through 13. Uh, these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. And I've often commented to Latter-day Saints, I says, notice it's interesting how John uses the expression eternal life, which of course in Mormon theology, that's equated with exaltation mm-hmm. or godhood. And yet that's what Mormons, as you yourself had said, that's what you're looking forward mm-hmm. to. But at the same time, you don't know if you've done enough. Now, right. why would John say that then? Why is it John says, you may know you have eternal life, but yet when you ask a Latter-day Saint, do you know if you have eternal life? So many of them don't know, and I think you explained it perfectly. It's because there's so many things that an individual has to do. How can a person really know that they've done all these things? That's the experience that I've had with Latter-day Saints. And yeah. so you went through that yourself. But your your mother was the one that gave you the the hardest time. But yeah. she's the convert. Why <laughs> why do we see that so many times? The converts are the ones that seem to be more zealous in defending it. And even the the Jack Mormons, those are not active. That's a title given to inactive Mormons, Jack Mormons. Mm-hmm. I find that they also are very staunch defenders many times. It is, uh-huh. is it because they have guilt that they know they're not doing enough that maybe they're going to earn brownie points with Elohim if they defend the faith that they don't really want to live? I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, I remember talking to a guy. He, he said, uh, I'm a Mormon, but I haven't been to the church in 60 years. And I said, well, what do you think of Joseph Smith and what he said he restored? And boy, he shook his finger at me and he said, listen here, Sonny, (laughs) (laughs) just because I don't go to church doesn't mean I don't believe that Joseph Smith was a true prophet of God and so forth. And I said, hmm, that's a strange way to to, uh, uh, express it by not doing anything. (laughs) It is, especially since Mormonism is such a doing religion. And you can't say like that gentleman was trying to tell you that, well, just because I believe it, that makes everything okay. Not in Mormonism. You're you're not justified by faith in Mormonism. You're justified by your actions. And of course, you have to do the things that they tell you to do in the LDS church. And that becomes, I think, the soft underbelly when it comes to our evangelism efforts. If that's what they are supposed to be doing, and it becomes apparent when you talk to them that they're not doing it then maybe that's an area that we as Christians need to explore a little bit more with the individual Mormon that we're talking to, getting them to see their lost condition in order for them to appreciate Jesus as the Savior. We want him not just to be the Savior generically, we want him to be their personal Savior. And, I, and, and I've often asked him, is he your Savior? You, you use the expression, the Savior, but is he your Savior? Mm-hmm. And that's where the question marks seem to pop up. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of Mormons want to hope that he is, 
But when you ask them some of those pointed questions, they, you find out that many of them don't know that. Yeah. They, they would like that, no doubt. They would like that, but they really don't know. We've been talking to Marv Cowan. Marv is with Missions Door, and the website uh, that he has is utahchristianpub.com, utahchristianpub.com. And if you want to reach Marv through email, he'd be glad to take any questions that you might have. It's Pastor Marv 80 Pastor Marv 80 and that's the number 80 at gmail.com, at gmail.com. And as we've been mentioning, Marv has been a missionary to the Mormon people in the state of Utah for decades, and he has a lot of amazing stories to tell. And we, I wanted to introduce you to him if you've never heard about Marv and his ministry. He does have a lot of very positive things that he could tell us about and educate us on. And so I want to continue this conversation in tomorrow's show. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. After months of preparation, the Utah Christian Research Center, an outreach of Mormonism Research Ministry, will officially open on November 24th. Be sure to stop by to see our large selection of Christian books covering a number of apologetic subjects. We also carry books written by Gerald and Sandra Tanner, including Mormonism, Shadow or Reality. Again, the Utah Christian Research Center, located at 579 West Galena Park Place in Draper, will open on Black Friday at 10 a.m. Check out our website at utahchristianresearchcenter.com. Mom.